spectacular edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Yours truly, Austin Huff, with you in studio and uh, Heavenly Pack. Another week, another week in paradise, man. How did you, how did you survive your first winter storm? That you got your first winter storm. How'd you feel about it? Didn't feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice to look at from, uh, I guess, my apartment balcony. That's right. really about it, though. Snow is very beautiful to look at from inside a warm yeah. apartment. You know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, getting out in it not as much fun. <laughs> I was gonna say Thursday night you got to you got the full experience of digging out your car from a foot of snow. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Pretty much the worst thing I've ever encountered mm-hmm. in my whole life. <laughs> no exaggeration at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you survived, and uh, yeah, we made it out, and it's now officially stopped snowing. For the most part, I think they gave it a name. Was it like Winter Storm Landon or something? There you go. So you you, you survived your first named storm, and so at least snowstorm. I'm sure you bad had some, enough for sure you, a name. I'm sure you've had some rainstorms in Florida be named after things, but rainstorms, uh, hurricanes. Yeah, those two. Not rainstorms. Yeah, Rainstorm Cafe. Remember that place? It's Rainforest Cafe. Close enough. Uh, Rainstorm Cafe, Rainforest Cafe, they're all the same. Uh, Hey, we had a busy week this week, so let's just jump right into it. Let's start uh, with the girls' basketball sectionals. And uh, let's, I think we should start off with the biggest upset that we had of the week. West Noble, how about it, huh? West Noble girls' basketball enters the tournament 5 and 17. They draw Lakeland in the Semifinals in the 3A sectional 20 bracket, a team they lost to twice in January with a four-day stretch, and uh, they shocked the world, beat Lakeland 61-53 on Friday night, and then come back and knock off Tippy Canoe Valley, the top team in the sectional, uh, 56-51 in the championship game, and they are your sectional 20 champions. Um, I got to watch both their games. In person, so I guess I will take the the lead on the analysis part of this here. Uh, Jasmine Smith, unbelievable performance from her in both games. She had some knee she had a knee injury late in the season. She didn't play the last couple of weeks. They weren't even sure if she was going to play in the tournament. She's a senior though. She put a brace on it, toughed it out, and uh, had 18 points. In, or 19 points, excuse me, in the game against Lakeland and 22 against Tippy Valley, basically playing on one leg. I mean, there was a moment late in the third, fourth quarter-ish of the Tippy game, Tippy Valley game, where she was like kind of noticeably limping, and it was like, man, is she going to be able to like finish this game? And sure enough, she did, and now she's a sectional champion, first player in school history to win two sectional championships uh, in girls basketball. She was on the 2019 team as well that won a dramatic sectional that was also kind of affected by weather. I know the girls' basketball sectionals weren't overly affected by the weather this week, but we did have mm-hmm. the crazy storm. Uh, the 2019 sectional had the polar vortex move everything back. Um, so that was fun, but they've won two in four years now. Jeff Burns, head coach, was an assistant coach on the 2019 team as well. Uh yeah, I don't think anyone outside Legionnaire saw this coming. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, it was a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say that. It was a pretty wide open sectional, obviously. Right. I was there. I mean, Tippy Valley had the best record, but I think their record was a little, uh, you know, it wasn't 
wasn't up to par with how they actually are as a team. You know, they've picked mm-hmm. up some easier wins, I suppose, over lesser competition. Right. And uh, for whatever reason, they didn't look their best in this sectional. Uh, Northwood took them down the wire. Yeah, and they should have lost to Wawasee. Yeah. Wawasee was up 30-12, to and they were up 36-22 with a minute to go in the third quarter, and they lost 42-41. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You thought I thought Tippy Valley might do it again against West Noble. They had a couple moments there in the fourth quarter where they got within two, and you're like, all right, well, this was fun, West Noble. We had a fun little 24 hours here, but you know, Tippy Valley is going to come back and win it because they're probably the best team, even though none of the teams were good in the sectional. Like, no offense to anybody, but <laughs> there's not like a truly good team in that sectional. And uh, sure enough, West Noble held them off. The role players, man, stepped up. They made some big plays. Alana DeLong, Sarah Gross made some free throws. Uh, they had a couple of key contributions down the stretch. And, you know, sure enough, sectional champs. So, go figure. No, they could, they could also win a game in regionals. Dude, they could beat Griffith. They, they're going to play Griffith in the regional semifinal over at Jimtown. And uh, even though Griffith has a better record, West Noble is ranked higher in the Sagarin, uh, you know, hmm. standings. By like six spots too, like it's it's kind of really not close. So, like, wow. if you're gonna go by the numbers, the analytics, West Noble is the favorite over Griffith on Saturday, and then uh, you know they're not the favorite against Southern Washington, but you know, uh, it's according it's tough. According to the Sagarin, uh, Southern Washington has a 98.32 percent chance to win that regional. It's pretty high. They also have a 63 percent chance to win state. So, like, they're, like, the best team in 3A by a mile. And they blew out Mishawaka Marion, who was probably their toughest game they're going to play on the way to state. <laughs> so. I mean, we haven't got the opportunity to see them play, but uh, they've obviously just grown off what we saw last year. Yeah. I, literally, they just grow. <laughs> they're six foot three, all of them are. Um, so, yeah, you know, great story, obviously. I mean, it's fun when uh, teams kind of come out of nowhere, I guess, and surprise you like this, West Noble. Uh, you know, if we were going to have a team win that sectional, I think we would have probably put money either on Lakeland or Wallasee because they had, you know, the better records. And, you know, they showed signs in the regular season of being a solid team. Both Lakeland and Wallasee had wins this year where it was like, okay, like, you know, maybe they're doing something here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, West Noble, man, kind of out of nowhere. So, congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jeff Burns. It's just funny how this game works sometimes. Last year they were like a 15-7, and 16-7 and 7 team in the regular season, and they lose in the first round, like on a buzzer beater by Lakeland in the sectional, right? And this year they're 5-17 and 17 and they win the sectional. So, like last year they were the best record going into it, lose. This year they had the second worst record going into it and win. So Blind draw. Blind draw, baby. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, I don't even know if the blind draw would have mattered here. Because, like, three of the four teams get buys in that five-team sectional. So, like, the only thing that could have hurt West Noble is they had to play three games. But it wasn't like West Noble drew a bad team in the semifinal. It wasn't like they drew Northwood. No offense. Right. Um, you know, they drew Lakeland, who was a team that was supposed to beat them because they beat them, you know, twice. Or, you know, so the blind draw – didn't really hurt anybody there because no one was like head and shoulders above. Like maybe maybe Tippy Valley was just out of energy for playing three games in a week in that fourth quarter. Like maybe that was where it affects them. But other than that, like nah. Like I don't think the blind draw would have mattered here to be honest. So 
fine. Yeah. Whatever. And uh, so, yeah, West Oval won a sectional. And uh, the expected team for us that we thought would win a sectional, Fairfield, also uh, won their home sectional. You were there for the Bremen Championship game. Kind of a uh, gritty, I wrote gritty in my notes, victory over Bremen. Yeah, uh, slugfest a little uh, bit. You know, they led big early. They lost the lead. They came back. They held on. You know, you give up. What's your analysis there, Mister Leepak? Well, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the analysis would be that uh, gritty and grimy is probably two good ways to kind of describe that game. That's kind of what Brody said after the game when Brody I was talking Garber. to him. Coach Brody Garber. Who's the of Bremen? You just said Brody. he's the Bremen head coach. You of course, he's the Fairfield head well, coach. Well, you gotta. You Everyone gotta, knows. Anyway, shout out Brody Garber, 150 career runs. Wow, thanks for that. I was gonna, I was gonna say wow. that. Wow, you could say it too. I was gonna say it was a big. I mean, to get Continue. one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. To analysis. get 150 in a sectional championship. I mean, that's pretty cool. 31 in five years, if I remember correctly. He's been there 10 years. Yep. All wins. Yep. At Fairfield. Mm-hmm. All years at Fairfield as well, so he's really done a great job of uh, building a, quite a great girls basketball team uh, program there mm-hmm. over over at Fairfield. But uh, yeah, at Fairfield uh, they looked solid first quarter. Bremen couldn't score. It was eleven to nothing out of the gate for the Falcons, and then all of a sudden Bremen goes on a twelve zero run, and in the middle of the second quarter they're up, and it was sixteen fifteen at halftime. Like that's pretty grimy. Mm-hmm. 16-15, yep. pretty low-scoring defensive affair, but that's what the Falcons like to do, as we know. But, uh, yeah, second second half was a different story. I can't believe, yeah, the Lions outscored Falcons 13-4 in that second quarter. And then, obviously, Garber must have, uh, you know, got to his got to his team a little bit in the halftime because that team was uh, – they played with a different sense of uh, motivation, you could tell, especially at home. But uh, Bremen held in there. It was a close game the entire second half. But uh, there was a key moment when it was tied at 36 in the third quarter. And uh, Bailey Willard and Bria Garber hit back-to-back threes on back-to-back offensive possessions. And that kind of with around three minutes left. And that kind of uh, kind of cemented things from there. Kind of put the Lions behind them a bit. They were able to play defense even more aggressively at that point. And uh, Bremen kept fighting, but the Falcons did what they needed to do on the free throw line down the stretch and uh, ended up securing the victory. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, a couple years ago, right, they made the semi-state run, and it was, you know, this awesome achievement for them, obviously. And they graduate seven seniors from that team, and the freshmen – player that was part of their eight-person rotation moves to Idaho with their family. So, like, Brody in 2018-19 had, like, a whole new program, basically, like, to rebuild. And so now, you know, it took them two years to kind of grind away. That obviously helps a lot when Bria's comes in as a freshman and Bailey Willard and players like that. And Brooke Sanchez get the, you know, I know she obviously isn't playing right now, but she gets that experience as a freshman on the varsity team. And then all of a sudden you see it start paying off these last two seasons with sectional championships back-to-back on their home court. Um, and, you know, for them, I feel like, you know, they're going into this regional now. Winnemac still don't know their sec- – they still don't know their regional f- semifinal opponent, 
That's going to be decided tonight after we tape this podcast. They're either going to play South Adams or Eastside. Mm-hmm. They've played Eastside twice this year before. One, one once without Brooks, one with Brooks Sanchez, then lost them without, without Brooks Sanchez. So that'll be interesting to see. And then on the other half of the bracket, you're going to have a ranked team. You're guaranteed to play a ranked team. It's either, you know, Andrean's through, number 14, and then number 13, Rensselaer Central. It's playing number one, South <laughs> Central Union Mills. Yeah, did I say that right? Rensselaer? Rensselaer Central? Hopefully. 14, 13, and number one on the other side of the bracket. So 13's playing one tonight, sectional championship. Feels like it should be South Central Union Mills, but you never know. So you're going to be playing a ranked team, regardless. And obviously, Fairfield's a ranked team, too. But you got to beat, and you got to beat South Adams or East Side first. But uh, I feel like the key for them will be, you know, they're playing the good defense, but you're going to need those big performances offensively from Garber. You know, she had 13 and went over LaVille, 19 over in the, against Westview, 17 against Bremen. Like, she's going to have to consistently put up 15 plus points in those regional games in order to, uh, I feel like, get to there. Get, if they're going to win that regional, it's going to be, they're going to have to pull an upset over Union Mills in the final if it's them. Um, it will be interesting, though, because there's a lot of talk about, like, that's, you know, Union Mills will be the team, right, that they should play. But yeah. if they lose tonight, all of a sudden Fairfield is the quote-unquote target on their back as the highest-ranked seed team going into that. So it would be interesting how that dynamic maybe shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, the target isn't on their back right now, but if Union Mills loses, then it kind of does become on their back. So it's going to be interesting. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean – I, they have a better chance of beating number one than I believe West Old West of being number one, and I don't think that's a hot take by any stretch. Um, nope, no. <laughs> I think everyone would agree. No. Fairfield has a better chance of beating Union Mills in a final than West Old West or Washington at this point. Yep. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the injury to Sanchez hurts them, but they played well enough this week. Their defense is solid. It's going to keep them in every game they play in for the most part. They got a puncher's chance, I mean, to get out. So, we'll see. It's in my state? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility at this point. No. So, and then, uh, yeah, everyone else, every other one of our teams lost their first game in the postseason. Girls basketball. Mm-hmm. Bethany, Goshen, Northridge, Wawasee, Northwood, Westview, Lakeland, Concord. All lost their first games. So... Our collective overall Stuff. winning percentage in the sectionals this year was uh, three for Fairfield, two for West Noble, and uh, five and eight. Five Everybody and eight. else loses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, tough scene. Bethany, the Bethany loss was probably the – I want to say it was a surprise. They've lost to Fremont now two years in a row in that same spot. Right. Um, kind of frustrating, maybe. Northridge was up 18-6 to six on Penn and then lost that game. That's also frustrating. Wawasee, we talked about them blowing that huge lead. Yep. Like we had three teams right there that probably should have won those. We're in position to win those games. Northwood, too, was in a, had a chance to maybe beat Tippy Valley at the end. It's tough. It's a tough scene. So. It's okay. Got a couple. Right, we got regionals. two. We got two, so we'll take it. So. Better than zero. Regionals are Saturday. West Noble's over at Jimtown. Fairfield's down at Winnemac. So. Should be exciting. Speaking of exciting, the girls' sectional swimming you were at on Saturday. I think everyone broke a school record, it felt like. Uh, it's uh, pretty much was every tweet. Uh, Concord, the team champ, and third, second year in a row, I believe. 
right. back-to-back sectional titles for That's big, cause Northridge, Tom Johnson. And Northridge girls swimming kind of uh, owned this uh, this area for a while. So for Concord to win back-to-back sectionals is kind of big for them. Uh, Do you expect it to switch back? Maybe. In the near future? At some point it might. I mean, Concord has a lot of talent this year. You know, a lot of seniors going to graduate, so we'll see. But Still have some juniors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were there, going back to you for the analysis. Uh, Wawasee got a couple through. Northridge got a couple through. Obviously, the divers kind of stole the show for Northridge, top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Concord swimmers, Audrey Lance, Grace Brenneman, breaking school records left and right. Um, it's probably one of the more competitive sectionals we've had up here in a long time. Those three teams have just been going back and forth with each other mm-hmm. this entire season. It was the same. The NLC championships – so I wasn't surprised to see the same type of deal at sectionals this weekend. I mean, right off the bat, though, I mean, Wawasee kind of did some surprising things. They had, you know, the talent to do it. They hadn't quite done it yet. But, I mean, the 200-yard medley relay ends up winning for them, which is a huge deal over Concord Northridge. You have both talented, obviously, medley relay teams. Um, Julie Mishler won the 50-yard freestyle as well. 23.01 seconds, which is uh, pretty incredible considering mm-hmm. she's a freshman. She's a freshman. She's a freshman. <laughs> Be Grace Brenneman by uh, 0.04 seconds. Point, point 0.4 seconds, whatever. 0.04. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 0.4 is almost a blowout in the 50. <laughs> it is that small. It was that small. But uh, that was, they ended up winning two of the first four events and were uh, ahead before. Before the diving started, obviously. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, it was like... There was a moment there seeing the tweets where I was like, is Concord not going to win this thing? Like, they... They did, they flirted with it. Northridge and Concord, or Wawasee, were like, we're going to try to mess around and maybe win this thing. But then, that, you know, after the diving is when they really took over. But, yeah. Bella Sponseller, she had a couple wins. Won the 200-yard IM. She also won the 100-yard breaststroke. So that's huge for her. Obviously, they're, both their 200-yard and 400-yard free, freestyle relays also won. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. They're going to do some damage at state, more than likely. I agree. And uh, Ella Lance, she's a backstroker. She <laughs> Backstroker? <laughs> that sounds a little weird. <laughs> she does she's, the backstroke. She does the backstroke. Lance. It's Lance, by the way. Lance. I'll never get that right. Doesn't you said matter. Lance. It's Ella Lance. But she also won the NLC championships, so she did what she was expected to do in the sectional as well. She was, you know, ranked first in the event, and she ended up winning. She was the favorite, and then she won. So, and then we like to talk about the diving. Mm-hmm. Right? Northridge, one, two, three. Giselle Miller, Caitlin Simons. Pretty impressive. Evie Long, one, two, three. All seniors. And Miller with 572.95 points. That was a meet record, not just a pool record, a meet record. She so. did pretty good. I mean, she's she is legitimately, you know, a state contender, obviously, like, duh. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, to watch her still go out there and just, you know, kill it is impressive. I mean, Caitlin Simons was second place. She broke a pool record. Yeah. And she still lost by 26 points. Like, that's crazy. It's almost unfair, but they like, seem to be pretty close, according to your story. 
So I'm sure she was yeah. fine with it. Yeah, yeah. it's got. I know. I, I wrote that story about them and they're friends, and that's cool. Like, but there has got to be some sort of like thing deep down that the competitor in them, you know, obviously wants to win. And Caitlin, Caitlin's done better than Giselle at state the last two years. So I'm sure that's motivating Giselle this year too. Probably not just the fact it's her senior year, but you know her teammate has beaten her two years in a row at state. Giselle was only one spot ahead of her in 20 or 2019, their freshman year. So. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting, you know, Giselle was in position to win it last year, nicks the board on the final dive, goes from first to fourth, so. It's not going to happen this year, I don't think. I think she's motivated to get past that, so. They have diving regionals tonight. They don't do a swim regional, but they do a diving regional. Uh, I would be shocked if those three don't make it through. Eight from each regional make it to the state. So I would expect those three and Riley Robinson from Concord to get through to state. And uh, it's Valparaiso. Excuse me. It's Valparaiso tonight. Why did you say it? Like, it's Valparaiso. Well, I have, like, hiccups going on right now, man. I'm killing myself. So, uh, yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. It's going to be fun this weekend going down. I'm going down to the natatorium, IU natatorium on the campus of IUPUI. And uh, I'm hoping to see a couple winners. You know, I'm optimistic. I'm I'm very very optimistic on the divers, and I am uh, semi optimistic that we might get some swimmers to win as well. Mischler could, you know, Mischler or Brenneman could easily win the fifty. You know, so another so cut. Another cut could, and from Northridge could will be in contention for that five hundred. Two hundred. And the two hundred too, probably. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, man. There's, a, I mean, podiums for sure. Like we're gonna have people in the top eight, I think. So all the, uh, I think all the seating comes out either Tuesday night or Wednesday. So we'll know where everyone's seated at going into this thing. It'll give a kind of a clearer picture of where everyone's at going on Friday for the prelims. IPFW is the uh, the Mastodons, right? It's at IUPUI, but yes. And IUPUI is the Jaguars. They have the Jaguars. Yes. It's one. I just, I just feel good for knowing that. It's good to know. There you go. Okay. Um, that wraps up swimming talk, I think. Wrestling. So about Sports. wrestling. We've got a uh, we've got 26 wrestlers that advanced to the uh, semi-states, various semi-states uh, across this glorious state of Indiana. Uh, Wawasee eight leads the pack with eight wrestlers in semi-state. They had one regional champ, Caleb Salazar. He won at 106 pounds over at the Penn Regional, so they're going. They go to uh, East Chicago Central. I think it's East Chicago Central is officially the school name. East Chicago for the semi-state. If you're wondering where East Chicago is, it is east of Chicago. Is it in Chicago? No, no, it's in Indiana. It's uh, in the region, as they call it, that part of the country, part of the state, I should say, uh, the region. It's weird so that they call it oh East Chicago Regional. Is that why it's called that? The, no, the region. I'm confused. It's, why called, it's called the region because it's the region. Like I don't know why they, I don't know what the actual reason why they <laughs> call it the region is, but it's near <laughs> the area of Chicago. It's near the Chicago land area, so they call it the region. Maybe it's because of Chicago land area region. But I don't it's know. in Indiana. It is in Indiana, but you could still Chicago land. If you if you lived in Chicagoland your whole life, you know it's a Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana like Chevy dealers or whatever. You know what I mean? So, I see. So yeah, uh, so it's called the region. 
but they have eight going through. Uh, so congratulations to them. Salazar, 24-4 and four now, regional champ, sectional champ as well. Uh, the other regional champions we got, we had three from Northwood. Caden Lone at 160, Trey Tobias, 182, Isaac Benjamin at 220. Uh, Lone is 33-3, and three. Tobias 22-7, and seven. Benjamin 30-1 and one now on the season. Uh, Lakeland's Ben Miller, 145-pound regional champ, 42-3. and three. He has the single-season record for Lakeland, so congratulations to him. Uh, Armin Koltukian from Concord, 195-pound regional champ, also a sectional champ. Uh, big boy, 37-6. and six. And Jasper Graber from Northridge, sectional and regional champ at 132 pounds. All three, all all of those guys are going to the Fort Wayne Semi-State over at the Coliseum, the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. So, uh, I don't know how many we're going to get to state. I'm intrigued. you got to win two matches at Semi-State to get to state. And there's no wrestlebacks, so you got to win. You have Seven. to win. Just a guess. So we're going to get all, all our regional champs through. You could. You could get all of our regional champs Just through. Just kidding. Maybe like three. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm feeling pretty confident in Caden Lone. He's having. He's kind of hit another level right now. He's been riding that uh, momentum from winning Athlete of the Week a few right. weeks ago. <laughs> right. Sure, I'm sure that's what's fueling him. Um, Isaac Benjamin, I think he's having a, he's a, having a really strong year too. Uh, Salazar could get out. You know, 106. Uh, Koltukian too, man. It's going to be hard to stop him as well right now. Um so, yeah, I think we're going to, you know, we might get more than I thought. At the beginning of this, I wasn't sure, like, how many we're going to get to state. Um, but as it's kind of gone on, I've been more and more impressed, I feel like. So, we'll see. We'll see where we're at when the dust settles. Um, semi-states are all, all on Saturday. And then they release the state tournament brackets Sunday at 4 p.m. So, on the IHSA network. So, Another show to watch. Another, another bracket show. IHSA to, uh, network. I didn't, I didn't know if to call it IHSATV.org, uh, but IHSA, yeah, IHSA network. That's what they call it. Champions Network. The Champions Network. So there you go. We'll see how they do. Sound yes, good? Sound good? Sounds All right. great. Boys basketball. Not much going on boys basketball this week. All the snow kind of moved everything from Thursday, except Northwood Concord, which we were there for. On Thursday. On Thursday. Northwood 52, Concord 50 in overtime. was a uh, pretty amazing game. So. Yeah, you said it wasn't good, though. It was just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, I, you know what? It wasn't the prettiest game in the world. Fouls. A lot of fouls. And uh, Fouls. Fouls. You said, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a great game. <laughs> I mean, it was it was entertaining. I will say it was entertaining uh, in the sense that there was drama at the end. Uh, it wasn't some like it wasn't like Bill's Chiefs, you know, pretty. You know, it no. was just uh, kind of a grinded out. You know, both teams did the thing where they hold the ball for over a minute. You know, near the end of the game, Northwood did it at the end of regulation, set up a final shot, and didn't go. Concord did it at the end of overtime. They held the ball for like a minute and a half, called timeout, missed a floater, you know, and then sets up the final crazy shenanigans. Um, I don't know if that could have been an easier layup for Cade Brenner to make. That was, I mean, just amazing how easy that was. He's very good, but. It's tough for uh, 
Jack DRC there. He missed the <laughs> he missed the floor. There was a couple. There was a couple. Uh, made a bad move on the defensive <laughs> side. There was a couple mental errors on the Concord defense in that final 2.7 seconds to let Brenner get a wide open layup, pretty much uncontested to the hoop for the win. So Davidson. He, he Number gave, 10. Gave it tough, a shot. Tough uh, tough scene. Gave it a shot for the charge. Tough scene. He was hoping for the best. Unfortunately, uh, Brenner did a pretty decent job of avoiding it. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, Cade Brenner's a really good player, and it's not a surprise that he, you know, made stepped up, made the play in the moment to give them the victory. Got to make him earn it. Got to make him earn it. Uh so Northwood, I haven't seen the new AP poll yet this week. I would guess that they probably went back up to number one. John Glenn lost big to Penn on Saturday. Penn's scary, bro. Penn is very good. Uh, Glenn Penn's is also win good. That state. But Penn beat him by 25, which is impressive. So in that conference, Penn beat Glenn. Glenn beat Marion. Marion beat Penn. So go figure. But we'll, we'll see. You know, so that con- the NIC is very like all. There's going to be a three-way tie probably for the champ because they all beat each other. Um, do they do the share thing too? Mm-hmm. Everyone does the share thing? Well, ho- how do you do a tiebreaker there? What about uh, conference tournaments? Does they don't do a conference tournament, the NIC or the NLC. Good. NECC does it. For no reason. Yeah. Just for fun. Why not? Let's hey. play four extra games. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... Northwood, 17-1. and one. They have a chance to win the outright NLC championship this week. And I tweeted right before we came on that the last time they had done that was 2006-2007 season. And that is technically not right. Um, so, yay. They tied with Plymouth that year, 06-07. And then Plymouth, like, Plymouth beat uh, Northwood in semi-state that year, too. So, like, they tied in the regular season in the NLC. Both went 6-1. and one. Northwood beat Plymouth that year. Plymouth beat Warsaw, Warsaw beat uh, Northwood, and then Warsaw lost other conference games that year to cause just a tie between Northwood and Plymouth. Uh, but it looks like the last time Northwood won the outright NLC championship was 2000, which is kind of crazy because Northwood sets some really good teams, you know, late 2000, late 20, mid to late 2010s, mm-hmm. you know, but they always just ran into Warsaw, who was also having some great teams at that time. So, uh so for them to win the outright title for the first time in like 21 years, this that's pretty big for especially for a program that's kind of, you know, they they are tradition rich. They've never gone to state, but they've won regionals. They've been to semi-states, you know, multiple times, sectional champions ten times over, you know. So it's kind of crazy to think they haven't won the conference outright in 21 years, but they could win it tonight if Mishawaka beats Warsaw tonight, and if Mishawaka then wins though tonight, Northwood beats and Northwood plays Mishawaka Friday night. So. Win it outright themselves on Friday night. So, I think Warsaw is going to win. I think they want to go. Yeah, I think they will too. I think Warsaw will beat Mishawaka, and I think Northwood, regardless, will want to go seven and zero in conference. So they're going to try to win. I mean, not that they're going to try to lose on Friday, but they're going to go for it outright, undefeated, not six and one. You know, right? So they want it seven and zero. You know, kind of a definitive section. You know, NLC champ. Sectional champ. Sectional champ. Well, they might get that too. Uh, they get a little bit of a sectional preview against West Opal tonight. So Austin Kripe, one thousand career points. Congratulations to him. He uh, 
Got it on the day that no one's paying attention to boys basketball in the state. So that's good. Uh, did it against LaVille on Saturday while everyone was focused on wrestling and swimming and girls basketball. So You can't pick when you break records, you know, it I know. just happens. I should have told uh I should have texted Ethan Marsh. I should have been like, Hey man, tell him to get the record when we're covering your game on Tuesday. So, you know, sad. Oh well. Maybe uh, Go ask about it after the game tonight. <laughs> Maybe Mr. Willems will break us a record for Bethany here soon. He's close. He's uh, Beck Willems is 22 points away from passing third all-time in Bethany history, 28 from second, and 70 away from breaking the all-time scoring record. He had a tough night Monday night, only scored six. Uh, so he's got five regular season games left, 70 points to go. Guaranteed at least one postseason game, too, obviously. So six games really... You know, barring anything unforeseen, he probably will get it. Um, it's looking like he might get it against Trinity Greenlawn. You know, maybe he does a miraculous kind of run here and gets it against Jimtown next Tuesday. Uh, but that six points last night kind of slowed down the projections of when he might get it. So if he averages 14 a game the rest of the regular season, he will get it, though. So math, 70 divided by five. So. The odds are he'll at least break it at some point before the end. Right, it would be a shock if he didn't break the record mm-hmm. at this point. So, plus teams just triple team him the whole time. So, uh, any other boys basketball notes from the uh, world? You wanted to note Northridge four wins in a row now. Beat Jimtown Saturday. They're probably just going to keep winning with their schedule. Yep, I know. I would, I would imagine so. mentioning it. So, they're playing well. They're going to have all kinds of momentum. Old Mo. Whenever. Uh, Sectionals roll around. Team was three and nine, man. That's crazy to think that they beat they beat Mishawaka, finally got over that hump, and now they're rolling. So their sectional's pretty tough, though. Penn's really good. Yeah. Warsaw's <laughs> pretty good. Goshen, we'll see. Well, they're trying to figure it out. Concord, same boat. Goshen and Concord are like almost Spider-Man memeing each other right now. We're like, let's try to figure you. this out. So. Uh, that, yeah, that sectional will be fun. Those brackets come out next Sunday, the 20th. So, all right. And uh, that should probably be it for boys' basketball. What do you think? What about men's basketball? Notre Dame? The Irish. Here come the Irish. They are looking like a tournament team. What? Paul Atkinson. Shout out Paul Atkinson, by the way. ACC Player of the Year. And week. by year, I mean week. 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 Well, it's not the year's not over, so obviously I was going <laughs> to correct myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, and how about that? He uh, averaged seventeen and ten across their three games last week. So that's what they expected from him whenever he uh, transferred, transferred from Yale. Uh, it's kind of numbers he averaged at Yale, so he's kind of living up to his uh, billing on don't, the offensive end. Don't look now. Notre Dame is leading the ACC, tied for the lead in the ACC with Duke. As of now, they play Louisville Wednesday night. They beat Louisville. They will be in sole possession of first place in the ACC with, what, three weeks left in the regular season? Four weeks, maybe, max, in the regular season here? Yeah. So uh, Three weeks. And then, obviously, conference tournaments the week after. Yep. So, Notre Dame, man, they've Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology from 7 a.m. Tuesday morning, which was today, has Notre Dame in, safely in, last four buys, the 11th seed. An 11th seed playing Xavier in the first round. Milwaukee. In Milwaukee with Illinois Wagner as the 314 matchup. So 
That'd hey, be fun. How about that? Could, hey, Notre Dame Xavier's. Uh, you know, if that was the actual matchup. Like Notre Dame would have a shot. I feel like stuff like that never actually happens, though. No, but, like, it's fun to think about it right now. It's fun to talk about Notre Dame maybe getting into the Joe tournament. Joe Lenardi's just throwing out crumbs, trying to entice people with his predictions. Yeah. I'm not buying it. So, uh, it should be fun. They're playing Louisville Wednesday, a team that beat in Louisville a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of like a big – that was a big win for them at the time. And, you know, not that it kick-started this run here, but it helped jolt it a little bit. So – why is the ACC so bad, though? It's just, I don't know. It's very they, strange this year. Play I mean, Wake Forest, and they're pretty good. But other than that, it's looking like a bunch of mediocre teams that Notre they have Dame, left. Notre Dame wins out. They're the ACC regular season champ. How about that? Or they'd be tied with Duke. I'm guessing Duke has to make up a game somewhere. Get that one seed and then fall in the quarters <laughs> in, the, in the ACC tournament right, right away. Yep. So it's going to be fun to see how they do. Um, IU and Purdue also. You know, IU had a tough loss against Illinois. Purdue beat Iowa, I believe, this weekend. Sounds right. Uh, both of them feel like they're safe tournament you teams. wish. Safe tournament teams as of now, but, you know, you never know. Purdue, obviously, is, like, top five in the country, so they're going to be in. But They're 20-3. Uh, feels safe. Yeah. Feels safe. Well, <laughs> IU, IU is, like, doing this thing where they're, like, losing a couple um. games where they're, like, kind of flirting with it now. Like, they're still in-in. Like, they're still, like, a seven seed. You know, but there's a chance that, like... Illinois would really have to screw up. And uh, Purdue beat Michigan this weekend. Michigan, sorry. They beat Iowa uh, last week on the 27th of January, so the other week. Getting all my dates confused, I'm sorry. So, we will see. We shall see. Illinois and Purdue play tonight. Should be a game. 9 o'clock. First first place in the... uh, Almost of the ACC. First place in the Big Ten is probably on the line there. Wisconsin's right there too, though. Yeah, but Illinois just beat Wisconsin. Remember last week we watched it? My power went out during the snowstorm. Yeah, Purdue and Wisconsin are tied for second in Illinois' first at 10 and 2. Yeah, so we will see. Big 10 college basketball is really getting into the, you know, now we're getting excited for college basketball again, you know? Nebraska, 0 12, 6 and 17. Bad. They are uh, <laughs> bad. Having some problems down there. Fred Hoiberg struggling a little bit. So, uh, okay. Minnesota. Minnesota was. They were nine and zero, according to this thing, in non-conference. Now they're eleven eleven and nine. Overall, well, <laughs> you know, two and nine in the Big Ten. <laughs> Yeah, the Big Ten's tough. Oh, you know what man. I mean. So that's rough. So uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six is this week. Go Bengals. You say, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? Bengals? I'm guessing the Bengals was your choice there? Yeah. By three. Well, Give me McPherson. For, for those, field for those <laughs> scoring at home. Uh, I think the Bengals... Like, I'm pulling for the Bengals. It's going to be hard not to pick the Rams. Uh, I think a lot is being made about this home field court. But... Home, home field, field not, court. Not home court. Home, home field. field. Court. <laughs> but, like, the Rams don't have a good home field advantage, like, when they actually could put more of their fans in there. So, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to matter. Like, it would have mattered a lot more for the Buccaneers last year than it would this year for this for the Rams, you know. So, I, I think uh, – I think I think the – I think the – man, but – like, there's – like, the Bengals winning would be very cool because Joe Burrow is cool. The Rams winning would be cool because Matt Stafford, like both, whichever quarterback wins, it's cool, you know. 
feel like that's that's a nice bonus, I guess, to have in the Super Bowl. It so, is. Uh, halftime show, what are your thoughts? Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. How do you think it's going to go? Not that great. I'm not super intrigued. I'm intrigued just to see what's going to happen, but I'm not excited for it. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of uh, singers in one on one stage. Singers. A lot of rappers. Some singers, some rappers. Mary J. Blige is a singer. I would say Eminem, Kendrick, and Snoop are uh, rappers. Who's the other guy? Dr. Dre. Yep, he's, he's also a rapper. He's the orchestrator of the whole thing. These were all of his people, you know? All of his peeps. Yep. Yeah, should I don't, be interesting. I didn't remember one Mary J. Blige song until I started playing some earlier today. I played, I, some, I played some Eminem the other day. I was like, well, he's going to be at the halftime show, so let's just go down memory lane of all this music. Kendrick Lamar, too. Humble was a big song my uh, summer after my senior year of college. What was that, 2017? Mm-hmm. We would jam it a yeah. lot. We would have jam it a lot in my college apartment at the time. So <laughs> we were very, very Caucasian in that regard. So uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head out? Uh, no, I think uh, you just ended it on a great note. I ended it on a great note. We'll be humble. With the Caucasian part. The Caucasian. We're very Caucasian. Jamming jam that. Uh, humble. <laughs> Uh, every once in a while the music video is very cool for the song if you haven't seen it so so yeah everyone check that's that listening, out definitely go check that out check that out uh, this has been a good show I'd say relatively efficient show as well uh, compared to last week when we had John Harrell on and everything so it went a little longer last week but uh, thank you everybody for listening we'll be back next week to recap again another busy week of the sports calendar so stay tuned for that and uh yeah, go, go Bengals. <laughs>